Alright, I want you to notice what it says in Proverbs 22, verse 28. It says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. And uh, we see the same command mentioned a couple other places in the Bible. In Proverbs 23, verse 10, it says, Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. We see in Deuteronomy 19, verse 14, it says, Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. And then Deuteronomy 27, 17, it says, Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. And landmarks were something that were very important back in the Bible days. And in reality, they are still important today. But back then, when God gave Israel that land, that land was divided up for the, and the different tribes possessed different parts. And then within those tribes, certain families possessed certain parts. And it was supposed to remain in their family forever. So they would set up boundaries. They would have landmarks that they would... Uh, they would put in place. And sometimes it was a natural landmark, you could say. But either way, everyone knew that if you're on this side of this hill or of this landmark, you know, this land belongs to Ephraim and this section belongs to Manasseh. They didn't want there to be any confusion. They didn't need land disputes and things going on. And so landmarks were important. And it would have been very wrong for someone to come along and to try to move those and cause confusion about what belonged where and who different land belonged to. And so the landmarks, they were important too when it came to keeping records. Now today, we've got things like GPS and we've got some pretty sophisticated means of keeping track of different things. But, you know, before, back in these early days, they depended on uh, a lot of times natural landmarks. Uh, they would use piles of stones. Maybe they would, a tree would be a, a landmark that they would have. But um, they were, but they were all important. And so landmarks, they are also reference points that are important that we can help p- give people directions with. It will help people understand where boundaries exist or where they need to go. So again, we don't, we didn't always have street signs. We didn't always have GPSs and maps. And so people at one time, if they were going to travel somewhere far, and somebody's going to give them direction, they would have to give them landmarks. Now. How many of your wives still use this ancient method of navigation of landmarks? You know, drive down to the McDonald's and then take a left. And when you see the blue house, uh, you know, then you're going to go right. And then, you know, they, they, then when you see that really nice, pretty pine tree, that's when you know you're at the right place. Anybody ever got those ancient, archaic directions from your wife? And it's always very confusing. But again, that's how they used to do it. Way back in the day, and when it all, all goes down, the grid goes down, we lose the GPSs and stuff, we're all going to need our wives to help us uh, get around, probably, because they're, uh, they're, they're used to that kind of thing. But a good landmark is one that's very noticeable, and hopefully it's something that's permanent. And having an unnoticeable, or having a noticeable, unmovable landmark, it gives assurance that you're in the area you'll want to be. And so, you know, imagine, too, again, before GPS and all that, traveling a long distance. There would probably be times you weren't, am I even going the right way? And then hopefully you would see that landmark that maybe they told you about. You know, when you see a hill, you know, that's shaped like whatever, you know. And it's like when you see that clear thing, oh, this is definitely what they were talking about. That would bring great comfort so you know you're in the general area. Because it's not fun being lost, okay? Even with all our things we have today, 
uh, we get lost a lot. Before GPS, I used to get lost all the time when it, when it came to driving, all the time. I've been lost in Detroit. I've been lost in Chicago, pretty much any city. I've, I've been lost in New York driving, and these are not pleasant experiences. I'm very thankful for GPS now, so it doesn't happen that often anymore. But what I want to do, having said all this about landmarks, I want to use landmarks as an illustration to help us understand some things that I want to talk about when it comes to doctrinal landmarks. Now, it's very important that you get where I'm going with this because I'm wanting, what I'm wanting to do in today's message, tonight's message, and possibly next week, I, I think it's very important not that as a pastor I get up and I just tell you all what to think about everything. I think you ought to know how to think about everything and how to figure everything out. And so I want to give you some things that will help you understand you know, right and wrong in different situations because there's always new heresies popping up. There's always new, you know, Satan's constantly repackaging every form of sin and wickedness that's out there. And it's just like you just can't keep up with all the junk that's going on. But if God's people, if they have certain principles down, if we have certain things established in our hearts and minds from the scriptures, you will know what to do. You won't even need me to tell you. And, uh, and the reality is I shouldn't have to tell everybody what to do for every different situation. And so hopefully, if you get these things, I believe it will help you a lot when it comes to figuring out what's truth, uh, figuring out what's heresy. Because sometimes too, and these, are, aren't, these aren't bad questions, they're legitimate questions, but people ask, you know, like when is something a damnable heresy? You know, obviously there are areas where we can disagree but then there are there are areas there are areas where we can have friendly disagreement. But then there's areas where I, I don't think it should be friendly anymore. It probably should get hostile. So where is that line? How do we know when a line has been crossed? And I believe doctrinal landmarks can help us when it comes to this thing. In in doctrine, there are some lines that if you cross, you do you go into damnable heresy. And I believe you would even be considered outside of Christianity. So to illustrate this, I want to use uh, an illustration I want to use to kind of help us understand this. Uh, I want to use a geographical region. All right. So let us suppose that this physical area that we were in where our church sits is we, we are sitting within Christianity in our church right now. And all of the land around here, if we go north, you cannot cross the Rock River. That's a natural landmark. Right, and it's when you, you'll know the river when you see it. You cross the river, you get into doctrinal heresy. Okay? You can go as far south, or uh, that's east. You can go as far east as the railroad tracks. There's a railroad track that goes through. Railroad tracks are very noticeable. That's a good landmark. It's hard to move railroad tracks. It can be done. It's going to take a lot of work. And then you can go as far south as Route 30, and you can go as far east or west as Route 40. If you stay within these boundaries, you are within Christianity. So everybody understand that illustration. And notice, I pointed out four clear different landmarks. And every one of these landmarks are very noticeable. If you step outside them, you are. You are no longer within the territory of Christianity. Of course, Liberty Baptist Church, this is the center of everything, right? And, you know, and, we've, got, and we've got different neighborhoods within this area that we have declared Christianity. Some neighborhoods are better than others. And you know, the reality is too, we hate to admit this, but Baptists, we're not the only Christians in the world. We're, we're not the only people going to heaven. Okay? We've all heard the stories 
about the the Baptist getting shown through heaven. And, you know, he goes by this, uh, it was a Methodist, I believe. It was going, he was getting shown through heaven. I just killed the joke. But he, he's being shown through heaven. And then he, they go by this one area, and the angel tells him, no, be, you got to be really quiet over here. And he's like, What's, why? Why is, why is that? And he said, that's the Baptist section over there, and they don't think anybody else is here. We don't want to <laughs> let them know. And so that's kind of how we act sometimes. But there are, and, and, there, and within these different neighborhoods, there's areas where we can disagree and the people are still Christians, they're still saved, you know, we, we can still love them and all that kind of stuff. But there are, there are some lines when you get, when you go past it, you're not in Christianity anymore. We're not gonna, we're not gonna be able to fellowship. And so when it comes to us knowing when to kind of make that decision of just marking somebody, you know, breaking fellowship and things like that, I think one of the things that will help us is understanding doctrinal landmarks. These are boundaries that you cannot cross. And if you do, you go into heresy. And because uh, here's the thing, too, you know, the devil, he does. He likes to tempt us with some of these weird things. You know, a lot of times Christians, we get we get weird ideas in our head. You know, there's some weird belief out there that we hear and it appeals to our flesh and we want to get involved in it. But the problem is some of these doctrines some of these heresies for you to accept these things if you follow them to their conclusion you are going to have to step outside the boundaries of christianity they are going to take you into some serious heresies and we got to watch out for that and so uh you know continuing this illustration if this region is christianity that we are in right now anything outside it is it shows that you are on your way to hell and it would be it would be very wicked to move those landmarks. Okay, again, we're we're being figurative here, but it would be very wicked if like our city got together and said, you know what, we, it was written at Liberty Baptist Church to not cross Route 40, that if to go past there, it, you are in heresy and you are outside Christianity. So let's change the name of 12th Avenue in Rock Falls to Route 40. And then so now you've got all that section of town in between Route 40 and 12th Avenue that now a future generation thinks we're still within Christianity. Do you all see how? And so now the reality is, while they think they're within Christianity, they are actually outside of it. Somebody moved the landmark. And now this future generation that comes along and they're reading, yeah, we're within Route 40. You know, they're going to think that they're okay, but the reality is they're not okay. While the borders have not changed, what people think is the border has changed. This causes confusion. There, you know, when it comes to biblical locations, there's a lot of confusion in Israel today because so many things have changed. If you go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, a lot of Christians will say, that can't be the place where Jesus died and was buried because the Bible says He was taken outside the city walls and this is within the city walls. Well, here's the problem. Those walls that it's within were built hundreds of years later. So... That doesn't prove it's not. I don't believe that's the spot. But either way, you can't necessarily use the words from the Bible to show it was outside the city walls when the reality is the walls have now been moved. It was outside the city walls in Jesus' day. But the walls are not the same today. The walls have changed. They have been moved. And so people get really confused when it comes to all these things. And so what I want to do right now, I want to remind everyone of some doctrinal landmarks that God's word has established where I believe there are, there are some things that God made very clear and noticeable. 
God does not want us to get messed up. I've been out in the woods hunting before, and sometimes it's hard to know where the property line is. Sometimes they don't have it posted well. They don't have fences and things. And it's real easy to end up on somebody else's property without realizing it. And God does not want us going into heresy. And so God has drawn some very clear lines. There are certain teachings that God has made crystal clear for us. And if we've got to step outside of those things, you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. And so these, the lines, they were established by the Word of God, not by the Council of Nicaea in the 4th century. And it's very important that we see any religion that is outside of these boundaries as outside of Christianity. And so this sermon too, and I want you to understand this, is not meant to declare what all legitimate doctrinal landmarks are. I think there can be many. But there's really a twofold purpose of this sermon. One, to just remind ourselves of some unshakable, unmovable truths. There are some things that just, they will never move. Okay? You can move a railroad track. You can't really move a river. You know, you can, you can move a road. You can't really move a mountain if you have that kind of a landmark. There's some things that are unmovable. And there are, there are some things in God's Word that are so clear that you can't help but notice these landmarks. You can't help, you know, have you ever heard people when they're giving direction to, when you see this building or whatever, you can't miss it. It's something that's very obvious. And that's what, how a good landmark is. So the first thing, the first landmark I want us to point out, because again, we're, so we're, um, we're showing you to the unmovable truths, but also in your Bible study, in your own personal Bible study, you need to make sure whatever you're studying, whatever doctrine you're looking at, that you can always still see those landmarks. You need to always be watching for those things and making sure I'm not crossing the railroad track. I'm not crossing Route 40. I'm not crossing a river to get to this doctrine. And if you do, if you've got to cross the Rock River to get to that doctrine, you're in heresy. And if you've got to go over certain teachings in the Bible that are crystal clear to get to this beloved teaching that you so desperately want to be true, just understand you're in trouble. You, you've, you've, crossed, you've crossed the line here. And, don't, and God put these landmarks in the Bible for a reason because He doesn't want us getting into heresy. He doesn't want us crossing these things. So the ultimate landmark that we see in the Bible, of course, is Jesus Christ Himself, is the ultimate landmark. Look what it says in Colossians 1.16. How is Jesus the landmark? Well, verse 16, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself by Him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath He reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. And I want you to notice in this passage how it pleased the Father that in the Son, Jesus Christ, all fullness dwell, it is God the Father's desire that all focus be on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is what it's all about. And any, anything that attempts to get to God without Jesus Christ is a lie. 
and fails in reaching God. So you know what? That excludes a lot of religions out there. You've got a lot of religions who claim to believe in the same God that we believe in, but they also want to bypass Jesus Christ. You know what they're doing? They're crossing that landmark. If you're going to try to bypass Jesus Christ, you are. You are outside of truth. You're outside of Christianity. You're outside of what God has set up. And you are not going to get to God without going through Jesus Christ. 1 John 2.22 says, Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth Father and Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. So you don't get the Father without the Son. So that leaves out Judaism right there. Judaism is outside. We should not have fellowship. We, sh- we, cannot, we cannot coexist. They are not within our boundaries here of Christianity, of truth, of access to God because they've crossed the, they've crossed the Rock River. They've crossed this very clear, distinct landmark. They have said, we don't need Jesus Christ. And they are now in a territory that is outside what God set up. You have to go through Jesus Christ. That leaves out Islam. Islam, they have certain beliefs about Jesus Christ. They'll even say many positive things about Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, they do not believe in going through Christ to get to the Father. Even And, and they'll claim Allah and God are the same I don't believe they are, but either way, even if that were true, if they're not going through Jesus Christ, they're not getting to God. So there's, they're, they're outside. Second John 1.10, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, for he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. So we shouldn't be fellowshipping with those who are teaching access to God, a salvation, without Jesus Christ. They are outside the boundaries that God has set up. It's like, you know, I mean, again, there's so many differences in religion. You know, why are you picking on this one? Because they're clearly outside the borders. We've definitely crossed Route 40. We've definitely crossed the railroad tracks with what they're teaching that we, there is no Jesus Christ anywhere around. That landmark is gone. We have gone way far from where we're supposed to. And I've been there before when I've been lost, when I've been out in the woods and I've gotten other properties and I, I you know, and, and I'd, I'd heard people they say, now if you, they'll, sometimes they'll say, if you see this, you went too far. If you see this river, you went too far. You're no longer on our property. And so again, when you start seeing a teaching that says heaven without Jesus Christ, you went too far. You're no longer within God's boundaries that he set up. You, you need to stay within that landmark. That landmark is there for a reason. And that's why, too, ecumenicalism is wicked and it's partaking in the evil deeds of others. They're teaching a salvation without Christ. That's why we can't, we can't fellowship. We can't join up with the Buddhists. We can't join up with the Hindus. We can't join up with anything that goes, that talks about God, but does not go through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the ultimate landmark. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so again, if somebody is like, I want to get to Liberty Baptist Church, but I refuse to cross Route 40. I refuse to cross Route 30. I refuse to go over any railroad tracks. I refuse to cross the river. And they're not going to get here. 
The only way, if you are outside this, this region, the only way you're going to get to Liberty Baptist Church is you're going to have to cross over one of those boundaries. You're going to have to go over Route 30. You're going to have to go over Route 40. You're going to have to go over the, the Rock River. You're going to have to go over the railroad tracks because this is where Liberty Baptist Church is at and understand where God is. There are some landmarks that you're going to have to make sure you're able to get to, that you're going to see, and you're going to have to, you're going to, have to go through Jesus Christ to get to God, to get to heaven. You're not, you have to be able to see that landmark. You have to be within the boundaries of that landmark. And so also, anyone or any belief system that places anyone or anything in between the individual and God the Father other than Jesus Christ is also outside of Christianity. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Jesus Christ is the only mediator between God and man. Any religion that comes and says, hey, listen, if you want to have a relationship with God, you need me. You got to have me too. Uh, no. Anybody needs forgiveness? You need forgiveness? You got to come check with me and then I'll go to God and help you get it. No. Listen, if I, I have no man. No man has any right to make a claim like that. No man has the right to call himself the vicar of Christ. No man has the right to tell you that he can forgive your sins in place of God. You can, I can forgive sins that you do against me, but I can't forgive the sins that you do against God. That's between you and Him. And you have access to Him only through Jesus Christ. And anyone who claims to be a mediator, anyone who adds a mediator, even if it's the Virgin Mary, you add a mediator in there, you've crossed the line. There's only one mediator, and it's Jesus Christ. And so, and so, these are very clear distinctions. Once you start hearing these things, that you got to have this person, you got to have that person, you need to run. You need to run. And that's why, too, I'm, I'm preaching this message. I shouldn't have to get up here and write out a list. Okay, I'm going to write out a list of the religions you're allowed to fellowship with. So, Pastor Tommy, what religions do you think are saved? You know, and I got to write out a list of religions of people that are saved and which ones aren't saved. Here, here's the thing. I, I shouldn't have to do that list. God gave you a landmark. Are they professing Jesus Christ? Are they believing on Jesus Christ? Are they trusting in Jesus Christ? If they're not going through Jesus Christ to get to God, they are outside of Christianity and they are not saved. And that would include somebody who claims to be a Baptist. You don't get to heaven through a religious system. The Baptist church is not a mediator between God and man. Jesus is a mediator between God and man. So anything outside that is completely false. And so any religion that claims to believe in God while rejecting Jesus as the only and necessary means to getting to the Father is false. They should not be given any kind of credibility whatsoever. They should not be referred to as Christian. There are so many scriptures emphatically stating and showing the necessity of Jesus Christ. So any teaching that bypasses Jesus Christ, where you can't see Jesus Christ, understand, you cross the landmark. You cross the line that you should not have crossed. Another doctrinal landmark that we see in the Scripture is salvation by grace, through faith, and without works. This is a very clear landmark. We're not talking about something vague. 
there, there, are, there are landmarks out there. There are directions where it's not real clear, where it's real easy to cross lines and, and not realize you've crossed the line. You know, have you ever drove through one of those towns before? They say it's, it's so, that's so small that if you blink, you'll miss it. And a lot of times you can't. You can drive through something like that and not even realize that you drove through it because it's just not noticeable. But there are, some, there, are, there are some things you can't miss. And one thing that you can't miss in the Bible is salvation by grace through faith without works. And of course, in Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace he is saved through faith and that not of yourselves. Okay? It's just making it ultra clear here. It's by grace through faith. What does that mean? It means it's not of yourself. What else does it mean? It's a gift of God. Is that not clear enough for you? It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's just very clearly emphasizing salvation that is free, that is not based on works. Romans eleven six says, and if by grace... Okay, grace should be clear enough right there that it's not of works. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So I understand every teaching that's out there, it's either grace or works. Everything is either grace or works. But Paul made it clear. Hey, I just want to make sure I can make, make a really clear noticeable landmark here. And that is, it's grace. And if it's grace, it's not works. And if it's works, it's not grace. So understand, these things are very clear. Romans 4, 4, Now to him that worketh is a reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt, but to him that worketh not. Not only is it not of works, it's to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. In case you're thinking you still have to achieve some kind of good level. No, it's him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describe it, the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So adding any works to the gospel is to create another gospel, which according to the Bible says, let him be accursed. It's that serious. Sorry, you add an, you add, if you add works to the gospel, you cross the line. We've already established what Christianity is. You, when, you, when you add works to the gospel, you cross those railroad tracks. Those railroad tracks are really noticeable. It's, it's very noticeable when you go over railroad tracks. You can be laying down in your car with your eyes closed. You're going to know when you cross the railroad tracks. Why? Because they're, they're, they're a noticeable thing. And anytime somebody comes along and they want to add works to the gospel, just understand they cross the line. They're outside of Christianity. We can't support that. We can't fellowship with that. We can't pretend that's Christianity. Galatians 3.1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now, what Paul was specifically dealing with here, the work that was added to the gospel, it was circumcision. That was the work that in the early church tried creeping in. In Acts 15, Verse 5, But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles came to get, and elders came together to consider of this matter. And when there had been much disputing, 
Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, ye know that a good while ago God made choice among us that by the Gentiles, by my mouth, should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. So understand, when this heresy originally tried entering into the church, you know what the disciples did? They came together and they established some clear landmarks and they made, they, they did, they all came together and they got an agreement. The council in Nicaea didn't come to this. It was a council in Jerusalem. Back in the first century, they came together and they said, the law does not save. The law didn't save our fathers. The law did not save us. And it's not going to save these Gentiles. And we are not going to put this yoke upon their neck. We're going to nip this thing right now. You don't add works to the gospel. That landmark has been set. It is clear. And you know what? What people have done throughout the years, if they've just changed the work. You know, now it's not circumcision, but you know what it's been in many places throughout the years? Baptism. Well, you got to get baptized to be saved. You, you know, well, you know, you got you to at least start going to church. You know, you at least got to repent of some sins. You got to at least quit doing it. They're always adding. They're always just changing it. But understand, any work of the law they add to faith is outside of the gospel. It's outside of Christianity. And understand, that is a clear landmark that we... I gave you several scriptures, but there's a lot more. I mean, this is something that is emphasized a lot. This is something God wanted to make sure you didn't cross that line. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, sometimes when you're driving on a road, there's a bridge out. You know, there's several signs warning you, bridge out, don't cross this line. They'll even put up barricades and things. But you got a lot of theologians, it's like they're just taking, you know, they're just ramming through all that stuff. They're ramming through all these things. They want so bad to just get to salvation by works. But you know what? They're all going to fly off the bridge. Because you, you know what? You're going to have to bust through the barricades. You're going to have to ignore the warning signs. God would made it very clear. It is very noticeable. Salvation is not of works. And so we're, we, we're not going to take time to uh, just you know, cover every aspect of this, but another doctrinal landmark that goes right along with this too is eternal salvation. Eternal security is a clear landmark. It is a clear example of a faith that is without works, of something that is a free gift. And when, once, and un, I don't know how this is, but you hear people when they talk about the fundamentals which is something some Protestants came up with in the 1900s. How are we just establishing the fundamentals in the 1900s? And the fundamentals were established a long time ago. And they came up with five. But you know what? It's, it's, and the five that they came up with were good. They just weren't as specific as they needed to be on some things. And there, there just weren't enough of them. But here's, here's the thing about that, though. You know what nobody talks about it as a fundamental? Because they didn't in the 19, early 1900s? Is the eternal security of the believer. That absolutely should be a fundamental teaching. But you know what they've done? They've moved that landmark. That's what they, that's in, in Christianity as a whole, they have removed that landmark. But understand, we see that landmark set in the scriptures. We absolutely see that set in the scriptures. And you know what? We need to make sure that we make that teaching very clear because people are trying to hide it. And you can. So over time, you can hide landmarks. You can hide 
where a railroad track was. It's going to be hard to get rid of all the evidence. But, you know, over time, you can kind of forget some things were in a place. And I believe that apostates and false prophets have been doing everything they can to remove these very clear landmarks. But thankfully, we, that's why it's so important we have a preserved copy of God's Word. Because the, you can't remove the landmarks from here. Now, they're removing them from other versions of the Bible, but they can't remove it from our King James Bible, and I'm thankful for that. And so, um, so we can go on and on with a lot of these different subjects. We can, we could point, we're not going to take time. We could point to other clear landmarks if we want to take time. But I want to put all this in perspective. So this will help us in all areas of study. I just gave you a couple examples. So we're not going to take time to talk about the authority and preservation of God's Word. I believe that's a doctrinal landmark. The coming resurrection of the dead and the return of Christ. That is a landmark. That is something that is very clear. There is a resurrection of the dead coming. There is judgment that is coming on this world. And Jesus Christ is coming back. That is a doctrinal landmark. Any teaching that takes you outside of that is crossing a line and you are going into some serious heresy. And you're, I believe you are clearly outside of the bounds of Christianity when you deny a return of Christ. If you deny the deity of Christ, you are, without, you are outside of Christianity at that point. And so people will often call things like this fundamentals or essential doctrines. And I'm all for declaring things fundamental, essential, and things like that. But what I, I'm not going to allow a group of Protestants to come up with things, or even another group of Baptists. I'm not going to allow another group of Baptists to even come up with these things for me and try to tell me what they all are. But often, too, when groups do this, whenever they declare, you know, if, for me to just get up here and declare what all the landmarks are might cause me to remove some landmarks as well. I think that's what they did in the 1900s when they came up with the five fundamentals. In reality, they removed a lot of landmarks. They, their, their five fundamentals that they came up with and said, these are the lines. To me, what they did, they expanded Christianity into some areas that I do not believe are Christian at all. They want, in order to find unity, they did. In, in order to make them look bigger and stronger. Again, you know, our, this area that I outlined, it's not that big of an area. You know, we would like to, of course, we would like to be bigger and increase it. The problem is, to increase it goes outside Christianity. And so we're going to be content within these bounds. And that's what they did in the early 1900s. They, they, they moved landmarks and they started calling things Christianity that weren't. But think about this, to kind of put it all in perspective. Typically, anytime someone goes into heresy, they always go outside these landmarks mentioned. Let's just mention some easy ones. How about the Jehovah's Witnesses? Okay. They obviously, clear when it comes to the deity of Christ, they, step, they have to step outside that. Salvation by faith without works. They step outside that. The, the doctrines of heaven and hell, they are outside of that. I mean, the, the, they, they are so far removed from the clear doctrinal landmarks. The Mormons, same thing. You've got many gods with Mormons, where a clear doctrinal landmark too that we see in the Scripture that is emphasized over and over again to where there's just no question about it is there's one God. That's very clear. There's one God. And there's this one mediator between God and man. So to understand Mormonism and their teaching, absolutely, while they sometimes want to include themselves in Christianity, they've crossed the line. Sorry, you're over in Sterling, 
Mormons. Their church is literally over there too. But, you know, you're, you're, you're literally, you are across the river. You've crossed the line. There, there is only one God. Every cult that is out there typically wants to claim some kind of tie to Christianity, but they also have areas where they are clearly crossing the borders. They're clearly crossing the boundaries. Whatever it is. And so these landmarks, they're there for a reason. And the Bible not, might not refer to all of these doctrines as that specifically, but at the same time, I do think it's a good illustration because these are all super obvious and clear, repeated doctrines that should be the focus on everything. As we study other doctrines, we should always do it keeping these landmarks in sight. Whenever you start going into, whenever you start studying something, and maybe you start, you come across something new, you gotta ask yourself, does this remain within the bounds of Jesus Christ being the preeminent one? A salvation by faith without works, a literal return of Christ, the authority of the scriptures, the deity of Christ, all these things that we mentioned, does it, does it remain within the clear and core teachings? Obviously, there are some things in the Bible that are not super spelled out for us. But, when you do, when you start getting overly focused on something to the point that it takes you outside of those things, that's when you know, I gotta back up. I'm sorry, this is an appealing doctrine, but it's crossing the line. Hey, I, I hear what you all are saying. I hear what this religion is yelling to me, but they're over on the other side of Route 40. I'm not supposed to go over there. I'm supposed to stay within these boundaries, and so sometimes you just have to ignore it. And sometimes you have to just walk away from these things. These landmarks are there for a reason. Many of these weird obsessions, often on the surface, they seem innocent, they seem harmless. Well, that's not that big of a deal. But at the same time, often these weird obsessions lead to things outside of Christianity. And we should always be aware where certain things lead. We should always watch for that. And that's why in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth the canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. So these just profane and vain babblings. So well, this is innocent. Yeah, it's, it's, it's empty. There's nothing to it. But your focus on this just vain thing that you think is harmless, it has led to an area where we cross the line saying that the resurrection is past. And Paul said that overthrows the faith of some. So again, it might have started out innocent, but at some point, because you didn't stop it and you increased on these things, you crossed the line. And now you're overthrowing the faith of people. First Timothy 1.3 says, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge them that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved and turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, neither understanding what they say, nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. So these fables, these stories, man, that sounded good. That was interesting. But at the same time, it is vain jangling. 
It sounds good, man. This, I, I was listening to this guy on the internet, and boy, his teaching is really weird. It sounds good, but you know, he's tying a lot of this Bible stuff in with the Lord of the Rings. You know, I, I think there might be some truth to that. Hey, that's vain jangling. And, and you know, and listen, on the surface, you know, hey, is it a damnable heresy to believe that elves used to exist? You know, I don't really know how that doctrine affects salvation, but I'll bet, I'll bet if you keep going down that road, eventually you're going to end up in heresy. You're going to be on the other side of the rock. You're going to be drowning in the rock river. If you, if you, keep, if you keep going down that road. And it's okay. Whenever you do, whenever you get tempted, whenever you feel yourself getting pulled, maybe towards some teaching and some new idea that, that you're hearing out there, just always keep your eyes on these main landmarks. Always keep an eye and always stay focused on what's obvious. Don't be that person that you do. Man, you know everything the Scripture has to say about Nephilim or something like that, but when it comes to salvation through faith without works and eternal security, I don't even know what the Bible says. Listen, that, that, these are the main things you should be paying attention to. These are the most important things. These are the obvious things. These are the things that are emphasized over and over and over again in Scripture. Keep your focus on those so you make sure you don't cross those lines. And so if someone, too, if someone moves these landmarks, then understand if your starting point is wrong, you're going to be wrong on everything else. If I tell you that, hey, I have hidden, hey, I have buried a treasure, you know, 200 feet directly to the north of this pulpit. And let's say I write that down somewhere. But then, 100 years later, somebody finds that, but this pulpit has been moved at that point. Listen, I believe that treasure is 100 feet to the north of the pulpit. Well, that's an accurate statement. We see that in the Bible. The problem is somebody moved the landmark. Somebody moved the pulpit. So you can go and you can go dig a hole in that area. And I guess you'd be finding a dead body if you do that because you're going to end up in the cemetery over there. But you're going to be in the wrong spot. And that's what's happening a lot of times is people are moving these boundaries God set up. They're saying Certain things aren't essential. Eternal security is not essential. No, these are landmarks that God put in place to keep us from getting lost, to keep us from going into heresy. So whatever pops up, and folks, new stuff's going to keep popping up. The internet's going to keep producing wackos and weird teachings and all this kind of stuff. Always remember these landmarks. Always remember these main things. Keep them in focus, and it'll keep you safe. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank You so much for just the clarity of Your Word. I thank You so much for these very clear and well-established landmarks in Your Word. I pray, God, You'll help us to always uh, keep our focus on these things, help us not to forget them, and help us to not be tempted into being drawn away towards just vain and foolish teachings out there that will get us in trouble and make us unproductive as Christians, but help us to just stay focused on Your Word. In Your name we pray. Amen.